This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Okay, no introduction because we've got had a lot of pods in short succession, so let's get stuck in. It's the warm-up episode 119. It's Brady and Tom. It's the Ipswich Town preview. Tom, you have returned. How are you doing? I have returned. I am in uh, an undisclosed location in a hotel in London, so I can't confirm or deny if I will make it through the night, Brady. Um, we will see. I'm all right, mate, though. Yeah, I've, I saw the Coventry game. I thought we did all right. <laughs> There we go. Tom, we'll, please let us, the listeners know when this goes out because we're going out a little bit later. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I've made it through the night. Um, but we are joined by someone who's going to make it through the pod. It's a championship expert and Ipswich Town fan, Benjamin Bloom. Benjamin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? You're optimistic I'm going to make it through the pod. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Um, I'm, I'm great. Yeah, as we'll, as we'll discuss very shortly. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's get stuck into this one then, because I feel like the games are, you know, the classic coming thick and fast in the championship. Um, but yeah, it's Darren Moore's first home game in charge of Huddersfield Town. Tom, you touched on that one-all draw at, Co- at Coventry. Um, that means the Terriers are now four games unbeaten with two wins and two draws under two different managers. Who stands in their way? Well, it's only the season's joint top goal scorers. It switched down. They were second in the table, having lost just once and won their other seven games. Uh, Benjamin, we'll come on to Ipswich shortly, but for our listeners, um, I'm just curious to know, because this is a Huddersfield podcast, um, what are you, what do you make of the whole getting rid of Neil, appointing Darren Moore? Um, I suppose that's a two-parter, so answer it as you please. <laughs> oh, God. So we spent the whole of the probably the second half of last season as Ipswich fans trying to figure out whether Darren Moore was any good or not, because we were up against Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. And I hate to tell you this, I still don't know the answer because you can almost split it down into kind of compartments in terms of managing the expectation of what is a bit of a intense fan base and being statesmanlike in the face of a lot of adversity at Sheffield Wednesday. He was magnificent, you know, so likable to get all in his stride, you know, and that... And I mean this in the nicest possible way because it's a great club. 
but that fan base is crazy with the expectations and the you know the up the ups and the downs and he was very very level the other side of it though is we looked at the team and you know they were getting through winter and they went on this incredible run and you're like Sheffield Wednesday are going to win the league but don't make that many chances and they're they're quite stiff to watch they get in front they're really good defensively but they're going to win the league and then they had that horrible run and you're like oh, okay he's 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 cocked this up and then he went into the playoffs and ridiculous up and down in that and I was at the playoff final as well the league one playoff final and they could have lost that against 10 men so on the one hand everybody likes Darren Moore because he handled himself so beautifully and even with the um interesting eccentric um the politest words I can say for Mr Chancery the Sheffield Wednesday owner even in that since he's handled that pretty nicely as well so yeah, there's the 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 person and the statesman which you have to be as a football manager. I think is is brilliant, but I'm still not certain anything's matched his Doncaster team that got in the League One playoff semi-finals in 2018, 19, I think. But you know, football managers don't get worse, do they? I think they improve and they get more knowledgeable. So I don't know. Um, Neil Warnock is so funny, though, isn't he? That last interview where he's like, um, yeah, I, I can't do the voice. You do the voice better than me. But that squad could get in the playoffs. He didn't need to say that for Darren Moore's um, sake beforehand because obviously Neil Warnock's now left you over a point per game, which means you're not going down if things stay like that. And it's looked for vast swathes of the last, well, since Carlos Corberon left, that you know relegation's been a possibility. And... Um, yeah, he's <laughs> not a helpful comment, but Neil knows what he's doing in terms of positioning himself for the next job he's inevitably going to get if Sheffield United lose 8-0 in the Premier League again at any point or something like that. But yeah, wish Darren Moore absolutely all the best. Great guy. Don't know how good he's going to be. Yeah, I think that's kind of where the fan base is at. I mean, are you... Are you surprised of the timing of it? I mean, obviously, we we know a little bit more of the context of the club, but I mean, from the, I'm keen uh, keen to get kind of the outside view because um, I think that's kind of the main stickler. It's not necessarily that he's a bad appointment. It's just maybe getting rid of Neil and and the timing of it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, if you roll it back, there's no way it could have been in the plans because no one knew. You know. It's, why Why would a manager who's just won the playoff final and got 96 points be available, you know, anyway? Um, obviously, Neil Warnock's made certain comments that you'll know way more in terms of Kevin Nagel and promises and, oh, I didn't realise my budget was for new contracts for existing players and things that I'm sure you've discussed way better than I could on your on your podcast. So, I mean, the timing is what it is. He's become available. Warnock, you know has got more games behind him than he has ahead of him. And is, as we say, um, we had Mick McCarthy, who was very good at doing this, managing his brand, and which is fine. You know, you have to do that as a, as a manager if you're going to manage multiple clubs. So it is what it is. I, I mean, what, what, what's he supposed to do? He's got no transfer window. You've, not, you've got a three-game week, international break. So maybe that would have been better to come in on October the 8th, but it is what it is. Um, you would hope um, 
he'll be here. He'll be here. So I'm not a Huddersfield fan. I don't know. He'll be with you guys for a nice long while, and um, it won't. We won't be talking about short term this transfer window, this international break. So the timing, the timing is what it is, and it has to be. And you would know again from last season with the disaster with Schofield, and then uh, Fotheringham. You know, through was there was there another one before Warnock as well? Uh, well, it was Chicho, but it was temporary charge. But yeah, yeah he didn't do great. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's it can't be worse than that last season. So, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, it's probably a good time to to talk about this game because it is the first home game for Darren Moore, and we, you know, it's hard to judge Coventry as I'm sure the lads who um, covered the game would say. But Tom, it's good to have you back because we didn't do history corner last week so uh please take it away um everyone's missed it so the floor is yours tom's history corner well um i don't know if this is going to make anyone happy but it turns out ipswich are a bit of a bogey team for town i think um (laughs) there's been 45 games played between the two teams uh huddersfield winning 14 nine draws, and Ipswich with an impressive uh, 22 wins under the belt. Um, first meeting was 1957, Brady. Bill Shankly's town beat Ipswich 3-0 at Leeds Road. Um, and apparently it was a pretty pretty dull season for Bill Shankly. I think it was the kind of first year before he, he really showed what he could do and then got that big move to Liverpool where everyone asks what could have happened if the town if the town board would have given him the money and the players that he asked for. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, the last meeting was our most successful recent season, 2017. Um, David Wagner, pretty much. I remember this being quite an important game for us, um, giving us that kind of springboard, I think, to really put a, a marker down and say, we're, we're going for this. I think... Might have been probably was around when we were even potentially looking like automatics at one point. Um, 2 0, Izzy Brown and Schindler. Um, and then we've got a, a little, a little interesting stat for you. So, uh, uh, this is a pretty another one. Town didn't actually beat Ipswich for 25 years. Um, <laughs> that but that was only seven games included in that time frame, and Town lost them all. Um, and then Town finally got there. Eighth win um, over Ipswich with a 2-1 win. Um, and it was Brian Horton's side um, that saw Town pick up that first win in 25 years. Uh, an own goal and a Simon Collins goal confirmed the three points. Now, let's get on to played for both because we've already uh, uh, dabbled in that before we started this podcast, haven't we? Um, quite a lot of attacking talent. I was surprised by this. Um, top of my list, everyone knows who's coming up first for me. Alan Lee, what a legend! <laughs> he scored a, he scored some pretty important goals for Ipswich, didn't he, Ben? I think. Yeah, he was he was great for us. I mean, you, you're going to mention a player probably in a minute that was the absolute peak, but unfortunately for Alan Lee, the downturn—that's the the fallow years kind of started there. And are oh, you going to mention Jordan Rhodes, aren't you? In that absolute. <laughs> away oh my god! Uh, yeah, no. Um, uh, we actually we had Alan Lee on the Blue Monday podcast as well, and he was absolutely tremendous value. Yeah, just a classic second. He would admit it. Second tier, big, strong, yeah. get your goals striker. 
Absolute legend. Um, yeah, well, obviously, Jordan Rhodes, I mean, I remember that. Was that Roy Keane who let him go? 300 grand. Yeah. Remember the uproar for me. 5,000 goals later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scored a hat trick at the weekend for Blackpool, didn't he? I know, I know. We're, we should have seen Town's Twitter after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, John Stead played for both as well. Um, yes, yeah. Town legend for both. Um, Gary Roberts. Absolutely love winner, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Marcus Stewart, here we go. Your favorite player, my beating heart, my favorite player of all time. If you're my age and you're an Ipswich fan, this is the guy that turned my football club from the team that missed out in the playoffs every year to finishing fifth in the Premier League the next season. Just in my time, I think Kieran Dyer was probably a better player in turn. He went on and played for England, but. In my time watching watching Ipswich, he's the best player I've seen in the Ipswich shirt. And my favourite. Yeah, well, we hate Steve Bruce for that because uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> so we all loved him. He still, I saw uh, Brucey was on Simon Jordan's podcast the other day. He still says that he was sold from um, sold from underneath him. So um, mm. he would he would dispute that. But I mean, it's it's going over old ground. We couldn't believe we got him, and the, the year before. We were challenging Bradford and at exactly the same point, Bradford signed Dean Windass, I think from Oxford, possibly. Right. Yeah. And George Burley, our manager, learned that if you can add a striker at that time in a promotion challenge, you are no transfer window then as well. And yeah, just what a player. So cool yeah. in, in front of goal and just not wanting to lower the tone, just terrible, um, yeah. you know, the diagnosis that he's got and... Um, I'm sure I speak for all Ipswich and Huddersfield fans. Marcus, we we love you and hang in there. What what a guy who made so many people so happy. Yeah, and it's it's definitely worth mentioning. Obviously, there's the walk for Marcus that's happening this weekend ahead of the game. So um, yeah, good luck to everyone taking part in that because uh, I saw the options four miles or I think it's 18 miles. So um, yeah, good luck for everyone who's raising money for that because that's that's a really good cause. Well said, Ben. Um, Tom, any other players, or should we should we ask Ben questions about why they're doing so well? <laughs> there was a fair few of us. I'll just I'll just throw one more name in there because um, we all love him for potentially just how bad he is. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't listen to his podcast. Colin Kwana. <laughs> oh, bless him! Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll give him a pass because. So in 2018-19, you were in the Premier League, weren't you? We were one of the worst championship teams in history, if you look at the points number. And poor old Colin came in on came in on loan um, and played up top for a, a few games. And I mean, what what could he do, really? What could he do? Let's move on. <laughs> I remember um, this is how bad it was for us. You're not going to move on, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm staying. I'm staying there. You made us feel bad about Marcus. It's, uh, it's um, I I remember he. Did he score like a couple at the start? And like, I it, it was so bad for us because it was second season of the Prem, I think, that um, people were like, Why have we done this? Yeah, <laughs> we, can't, we can't score. Um, so it was good that it didn't work out too well. Yeah, you, you, you could have put Ian Rush in that Ipswich team and he wouldn't have scored any goals. So don't, it will, we, we, I, you know, I think he might have scored ridiculously on the last day of the season. We beat Bielsa's Leeds. 3-2. I think yeah. they had 
75 shots in an XG of 15 and managed to <laughs> lose against us before they went into the plus. Think he might have scored in that in that game, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't a good time. It's not his fault. No. Big game player, obviously. That's, that's what it <laughs> <is>. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you're muted. You laughed that hard, Brad. You gone. muted yourself. I've, I did. I'd not, I'm not, can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about his switch. It's because my mic doesn't want us to talk about how good it switch out. Yeah. Um, but what, what should we look out for on Saturday, um, Ben? Because I think there's obviously there's a lot of attacking talent and you just look like a very well-run side at the moment. So, But what, what should Tampas look out for? Oh God! Um, and I don't want to appear smug. I'll I'll acknowledge that my football team has not been good for many many years. Hence, a lot of the players and silly sales we've just talked about. But turned Kieran McKenna, beautiful pattern of play. Yes, we acknowledge in League One. I'm sure you moan about the parachute teams in the in the Championship. We we were that in League One. We had more money than everybody else. We 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 have to be. Show enough humility to acknowledge that that's not the case in the in the championship, obviously. But yeah, just an incredible run to the end of last season. Thirteen wins in the last fifteen games to sneak past a certain Darren Moore into um, second place. In, incredible, it was a hundred and one ninety eight and ninety six points. So just a complete freak season, basically. Where any other year, any of those teams wins the title by. 15 points or something, don't they? But it just was what it was. Um, what to look out for? I mean, a brave team, one that's going to circulate the ball and press. So an open team, you know, Leeds scored four past us and uh, Blackburn scored three past us at the weekend. Uh, look out for Leif Davis, the left back, who's basically a left winger, gets loads of, loads of assists. Look out for... Um, a bit of S. Housery in the middle from Sammy Morsey, who you'll know from Wigan and um, Middlesbrough. He's kind of our championship hardened, experienced player. Mm. Uh, look out for Luke Wolfenden at the back, 24 English centre-back playing really, really well. Again, Paul Cook didn't want him. And Kieran McKenna, if, if you saw him now, you'd be like, who's, who's that 24-year-old English centre-back and who's he going to be signing for next season? You know, fantastic. Um, Nathan Broadhead, who is just really good. Um, injury problems at Sunderland. They loved him at uh, Sunderland. Plays off the left and sneaks into the... We're a bit lopsided, so Davis will go down the left-hand side. Everything will move across and Broadhead comes in. And just look out for attacks. Connor Chaplin standing back on the edge of the box, waiting for the cutback and um, sticking it in the in the back of the net. It's... Um, it's lovely to say that everyone knows what we're going to do and um, it's quite hard to stop when it's in full flow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just a, a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence. And I say this because I've been on the wrong side of it so many times over the years. At the moment, if it's a coin flip, Ipswich are winning it. That's that's just the way it's going. If there's a anything in the game that you know isn't intangible, it seems to be going our way. Substitutions go right. Injuries for the opposition go right. It, do you know what I mean? It's just one of those moments, very much yeah. like yourselves under David Wagner at the end of that season, where you're just on a roll, even when he wrestled the players at the end of the season and 
the Brighton players and the penalty shootouts and all of that. We're, we're in that moment right now. It'd be nice to be in that moment at the end of the season. But <laughs> yeah, just loads of confidence, loads of loads of momentum and uh, all the intangibles and yeah, good good pass inside that scores loads of goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom, we'll hear from the fan because you spoke to uh, for the fan phone in uh, Benjamin Bloom for the Blue Monday podcast right this right now, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> <fire away. laughs> Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the fan phone in. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. Yeah, I mean it's. It's such a good start, isn't it? Um, I've, I've, I, I don't think it's as close, as comparable as this, but when, when we got promoted back to the Championship, we had quite a good start under Simon Grayson and I think we were up in third or fourth like after about 10 games. Tom, and... I make you've got six to eight weeks of head start mm. when you get promoted from League One if, yeah. in terms of everybody else has changed the manager and that sort of thing. So, Although ours looks a bit more tangible than that now. Yeah, but that's that's kind of it. You've, can you see it keep going? I mean, McKenna's done such an amazing job, hasn't it? Um, I think one thing in this league is if you've got that depth. Because if do you know if you got a couple of injuries, do you think kind of do you think the momentum would carry on? As is there players that can step up and kind of keep it going? Um, I mean, we lost the goalie who was one of our best players on the eve of the new season, so there has been. A couple mm. of injuries. Look, I know if you're talking about the championship, within about 10 minutes, you're talking about parachute payments and money, aren't you? So, yeah. look, in theory, there is no way that Ipswich should finish above Watford, Norwich, Leeds, Leicester and Southampton. It's just, you know, if you look at the budgets and the chasm between the TV money the teams get, it is what it is. But you always know in the champ. I mean, Huddersfield were mm. in the playoff final in 21 21- 22 they weren't the wealthiest but of all the other teams they were the best organized under Corberon were really good on set plays and really consistent and didn't you'll tell me the number didn't lose for 18 20 matches throughout the throughout the winter so it's been nice to be that team obviously we don't have the you know the depth of um of see Leeds faced us with an 80 million pound front line (laughs) and they just ripped us a ripped us a new one um in terms of can it continue, the and this is not a, a cynical answer, it's obviously no, because it's been a freakish start. Seven wins out of eight is is definitely not going to continue. But, and we're all sat there on the Blue Monday podcast doing the maths, you do get to the point where if it goes on for three or four more games, and you do the maths, if yeah. you're just like the 12th best team in the league for the rest of the season you'll get 75 points and you'll be in the playoffs. So that's that's the thing. Can you can you stick, say, even if it was... And it's not ridiculous now because we've won seven out of eight to say, okay, well, if you win three out of the next six, say, and you've won 10 out of the first 14, it, it becomes like you're going to have to collapse to, to not make the playoffs. So um, you start to very quickly readjust your sights of course there's going to be a a bad runner at some point and you're probably gonna think i'm a cantankerous so-and-so for saying this but i wasn't looking forward to facing neil warnock Mm. 
Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, because he's a clever old so and so. I mean, that's he? it. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. If you, if you don't want to play someone, it's a Warnock team. So, I mean, be interesting. I mean, how did um, how did Darren Moore do against McKenna's Ipswich last season? It did, did well. Um, it was they were weird games. Actually, we played them. They were both two-two, and in both of the games, the away side had a two-nil lead, and it ended up um, right. Two-two, so we didn't beat them last season. But Sheffield Wednesday, I don't know the number. They scored something like one hundred and fifty points over those two seasons. So it facing Darren Moore's Sheffield Wednesday in League One is very different than facing yeah. Darren Moore's Huddersfield on Game Two in the Championship because they they were they they were just used to winning say three yeah. out of every five games that they that they played. So. We didn't beat them, no, but they were very, very settled at the point we were we were playing them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've already touched on a few of those players that, um, that are really shining this year, but from a, a transfer point of view, who, who's come in and been a star for you so far? Um, well, it's mainly the team that were in League One, and the club did a brilliant tweet, actually, the four goal scorers against Blackburn, and this is why Cheltenham and Morecambe and Accrington fans are understandably like, oh yeah, first world problems, Ipswich fans, because we signed <laughs> Broadhead, Hurst, um, Luongo, and who was the other goal scorer? Oh, I can't can't even think. But the four goal scorers were the four players we signed in January at the right, yeah. weekend in just the best transfer window we could have. Had. So those are still the stars that came in. And even some of the ones under Paul Cook, Chaplin and Walton were, and uh, Morsi were signed under Paul Cook. This summer, we signed Jack Taylor from Peterborough, who they'd gone after for a long while. But the problem is, mm. well, not a problem, it's brilliant, that Morsi and Luongo are playing so well in central midfield that it's very much been, OK, playing the EFL Cup, come on at 70 minutes and start if one of them's injured. But um, the interesting one is Amari Hutchinson, who's on loan from Chelsea, uh, who's a wide player. Um, he plays in Nathan Broadhead's position, and Nathan Broadhead's probably our best attacking player, so you might not see him from the start, but he's a bit of a wild card. He's the best dribbler in the team. You, you, you'll be able to tell, you two have watched a load of football matches, from two seconds after he's come on, you know what sort of a <laughs> low centre yeah. of gravity, quick acceleration, yeah. and you know if the game's tight, that's, um, that's a new signing that might be interesting. And um, George Hurst on a on a permanent, but again, we had him last year, and that goes back to this continuity. This is basically the team that romped to second place in League One over the last fifteen games of last season. Um, so I mean, normally at this point, Brady, we go into a bit about the match. I mean, how how do you how do you think you'll line up? I mean, have you been lining up differently away from home, or is it all pretty much straightforward, McKenna? doesn't yeah. fear anyone home or away. Um, Beans, it's the end of a three-game week. And um, am I allowed to break the fourth wall? We are literally playing right now in the EFL <laughs> yeah. Cup as we're recording this. So um, the only question is that Hladke in goal, who had come in for Walton at the start of the season, is playing tonight. So some may theorise that Walton may come back in right. on Saturday I wouldn't have thought so. I think he might wait until after the international break. So I would suspect uh, Hladke, 
Clark, Burgess, Wolfenden, Davis, Morsi, Luongo, Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead, Hurst, the the first team. If there's any slight tinkery. Oh, I'm totally wrong. Sam Morsi is suspended, which you'll be quite pleased to hear. Um, yeah, that is good to hear. Central <laughs> midfield. So it'll either be Jack Taylor, Dominic Ball, probably be Jack Taylor and Massimo. So a bit weaker in central midfield than we otherwise otherwise would be. But I I don't know. He tweaked in the middle of the three-game week against Southampton, so I don't I think he'll go as strong as as strong as possible. And yeah. uh, we play Hull on Tuesday in the next three-game week. I suspect that will be where the changes are made. Could be wrong. Kieran McKenna knows way more about um, football <laughs> than I do. And whatever he does, I trust after the last seven months. <laughs> And I, I suppose I'll just jump in here. Like you're getting quite a grilling from us, but um, I suppose the one is obviously um, Kieran McKenna. You know, from the outside, he's the next you know young hot thing, isn't he? Um, what what makes him so great? I, I actually saw you uh, contribute to an article for Opta, and that was quite a good read. But yeah, just for our listeners, what what makes him such a good manager? Um. It's very calm, very sort of studious, considered, real modern manager. The days of the, I know you mentioned, you know, Bill Shankly, but the days of that, you know, kind of force of personality, you know, larger than life, it's it's not quite like that um, anymore. Um, again, have to have the humility to acknowledge he had the biggest budget in League One, which which helps, but... Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola has the biggest budget wherever he goes and he's still the best manager. He's just, that's the best manager gets the best budget because they're the best manager, right? But, mm. um, so the thing that impressed me most is he came with this Man United Tottenham pedigree and wanted it to be really pretty and joined up and um, playing through the thirds and pretty patterns. And for the first part of his tenure probably the first nine or ten months they were still susceptible to a wily league one team sitting in getting you Chel- Cheltenham getting you in a long throw or something like that um and he adjusted really well he learned that um yeah you've got to be able to play but in league one you've got to be able to fight and you've got to be able to run as well so he seemed to adjust on the fly to that really well was very patient with everything um Every manager, and this really annoyed the Plymouth fans that came up against us, would say, oh, that's the best coach team we've come up against. We we were prepared, but we couldn't get near them. We knew what they were going to do, but the patterns were so well rehearsed and they were so brave. So um, I guess it's the combination of having this belief and delivering it. And it's all well and good because Mark Fotheringham probably had a belief and delivered it, but if that belief doesn't transmit into winning football as well. So and he's just got a bit of a Midas touch at the moment. It just seems that everything he's doing is he rests a player, the player that comes in scores. He substitutes a player, the player that comes on scores or whatever. He changes shape, clean sheet, you know, all of all of that stuff. So just, you know, uh, so much of football is intangible and confidence and momentum, isn't it? And they've, they've got that as well it's difficult because you know what foot you know what snowflakes football fans are so the Ipswich fans on the one hand say oh he's the best young manager in the country and then start crying at the idea that a Premier League team uh, would want to take him 
But I mean, go figure. If he's the best young manager in the country, he's not staying at Ipswich, is he? So you've got to, you can't, you can't have your bread buttered on both sides like that. So um, look, if I don't know what job would would tempt him, the good thing is now you would say, oh, a parachute team. He'll go to a parachute team because he can get into the Premier League. But we're above two of them, <laughs> so yeah. you know it's. Yeah. Um, so you you just wonder if I don't know if a Crystal Palace or mm. some stable Premier League club. I would have said Leicester before last season. Some job like that comes up. You you would think, okay, if he's as good as everyone thinks and is saying he is, then. Um, Thank you and thanks thanks for the memories and please can we get someone half as good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, that's it from me, Tom. Uh, do you have anything else before we move on to Kwana's questions? Anything you want to grill? Um, no, I don't think so. Are we doing a score prediction now, Brady? We've got yeah. the list. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, no yeah, one ever. No one ever gets them right, but let's see. <laughs> yeah. What's your score prediction, Ben? Oh, this game. Well, we scored in every game, mm. but you're going to be a lot tighter. So I think maybe under 2.5. Um, am I allowed to predict Ipswich to win? Is that too yeah, tight? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah. Brilliant. Huddersfield <laughs> <laughs> well, nil, Ipswich one. I would, would make me so happy. Yeah. I'd take that. <laughs> yeah. <I would laughs> <stop it. laughs> okay. Well, let's move on then because we'll finish with Kwame's uh, questions. A few things, uh, things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. Okay. So the question this week for the listeners was, what's the most unexpected thing to happen to you at a town game? Because um, we've said town here, Ben. Uh, you can you can set up for Ipswich as well. So I'll read out the listeners' responses and then I'll ask you both for yours. Uh, so the first one was Mark Harrison. He says, I went to a town match at Leeds Road versus Leighton Orin in 1982 and the club were doing a reduced entrance fee for juniors. So I got to sit in the seats for the first time. Town won the game 6-0. That wasn't the surprise. I mean, I, I would say it probably is. Um, but he says, in the row behind <laughs> me amongst the kids was Brian Clough. So that is uh, that is quite surprising. Weird that Brian Costa. How there. surprising! You need to put How a jingle in there after that, Brady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just use that exactly like that. Um, I was desperate to find out more about this one, but they've not replied to us. But Marco said I got asked out on a date by a very beautiful young lady at half time. Didn't say what game. I asked the story. <laughs> not got any more, but I enjoyed that. And then finally, from don't, don't from believe the, him. that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> should have taken. Uh, so, yeah, but or it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the final one from one of our listeners, I enjoyed this one, which was um, not not because I was going to say enjoy this one, but uh, I suppose it's eventful. Uh, Neil Hargreaves said, 1976, Walsall away. My appendix burst. I was rushed oh to Birmingham Hospital oh, for emergency dear. surgery, um, but we lost. And, but thankfully, Neil made a full recovery. But yeah, I suppose that is unexpected. Tom, you got anything? How surprising. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Anything well, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast yet, but I think I don't think I should come on this podcast again because I've done, I've achieved all my dreams of talking about my time watching Notre Dame. But 
Is this um, going to be like a Mile High Club story or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of pop. <laughs> um, Brady, stop me if I've already told it, but um, I think it was the season we got in the playoffs in League One. Mm. Um, Stockport County away, we won 6-0. Um, as I was getting on the coach to go to the game, there was the head of uh, Terry the Terrier sat on the front coach. And this was when I was, I don't know how old I was, uh, maybe 14, 13, and I was part of the, it was called Young Terriers Group, who put on travelling to away games and stuff. Got on, and uh, Stuart, who ran the ran the show, was like, I was like, what's that doing there? He's like, oh, we need someone to be Terry the Terrier at half-time today. And I was Terry the Terrier at half-time during Town's 6-0 win away at Stockport. And I took part in a mascot race. So that's my uh, most surprising thing to happen to me at a, a town game. Did you win the mascot race? Um, I It was a joint one, right? Oh, right. But it was, uh, yeah, there was some cheating going on. Apparently, apparently the Stockport Bear kicked the ball at the same time as me. But town fans were fuming. It was, it was an amazing experience because it was the closest I will ever get to feel like I'm playing <laughs> football in front of Huddersfield Town fans. Like I was chasing after this ball and I could just hear town fans going, go on, Terry, go on, Terry. Um, and then uh, missing from about five yards out and my head nearly falling off. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get in mine quickly because mine is very boring in comparison. But um, do you remember, I didn't know, do you remember, Tom? Um, we played West <laughs> I think it was I think it was West Brom in the Premier League. It doesn't really matter about the game. But um Schindler got he got a yellow card and he got he made a foul and we all knew what was coming. It was gonna be a second yellow was going off. Yeah, remember. Yeah, it was West Brom, yeah. West Brom. I was sat, so where my season ticket were, we were front row and I was like I had a look because I felt something brush my hair and a guy had jumped over me. <laughs> to like because <laughs> he was so angry so he, he was sat behind me jumped over me to then go volley one of the gates because he was so annoyed that Christopher Schindler got sent off and I was just I had to double take and I asked like people around me they were like no yeah he literally like he jumped how over did he like, did he legs apart kind of almost do you know when you jump over a <laughs> like a traffic con. Yeah, I, I'm thing, assuming kind of so because obviously, you know, listeners <laughs> might have seen me when I grew up, but I'm quite a tall guy. So it's yeah. not like, um, you know, yeah, but I just couldn't believe it. And also, like, it was the most of it, like, we knew it was happening because he'd already got away <laughs> with one when he was on the yellow. So, um, yeah, no, um, change seats after that, thinking, oh, but <laughs> you know, for next season, be good to have someone not doing that. Um, and where I'm sat now, there's, of course, people who just, you know, <laughs> say horrendous stuff. Turns out, I'm not where you sit in the town ground. <laughs> um, but, how uh, surprising. How surprising. Ben, um, what's your most un unexpected thing that's happened to you at a football game? I've got nothing compared to you, <laughs> compared to you guys. Honestly, I... I walk into the stadium, sit down, very well behaved, and um, watch the game. It gen genuinely, um, I, I, I was I was all set up to say I was at the game where Jack Grealish got punched, and I was at the game where Bielsa let them score the goal when you know they scored after after someone died. I can't even remember the story, but 
I ain't beating dressing up as a mascot, so uh, I, will, <laughs> I will I will tap out and say I've I've led a very sheltered life at football matches. I love that because you're being humble, but you're also like, yeah, I was just at two of the probably most eventful championship games. Yeah, yeah. But, you know what? <laughs> very very dumb luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's still time you could be a mascot. What's what's it? Mascot? <laughs> Let's get into mascot. Louis, I forgot. It's Louis. a horse. Would you, would... Oh, Louis okay. the horse. Would you? Um, would you? take the opportunity to be the mascot for the day i i would not take the opportunity to be the mascot for the day but um i, I suppose if there was uh, charity reasons or anything um i would i wouldn't be able to say to say no but I, I do remember actually once when trigger happy tv was a thing and it was the last game of the season um i didn't have one but all of my mates i didn't get the memo about this had um <laughs> Those you know, big animal heads, and we're all fighting yeah. each other like used to happen. <laughs> was it Derby County? And um, we would have actually got in the Champions League if Liverpool hadn't have won and we'd beaten Derby. And that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, again, that's I'm boring. But I just remember it's a bit, bit sweaty and smelly the the heads of these um, big animals. So I would I would prefer not to. But um, obviously, in the right in the right situation for the right cause, wouldn't ever turn it down. Mm. Well, I can Such still. Politician. Um, <laughs> I can still smell it now, but it just brings back good memories. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, we we love mascot chat on here. I hadn't even mentioned this to you, Tom, before we go to the break. Um, I went to see Wimbledon, uh, and uh, they have a Womble, Hayden the Womble, and uh, I love this because he uh, carries around with him a big blue recycling bin, and he smashes the lid to get the chance going. So excellent! Uh, I managed to get my missus to come to West Brom with me once. <laughs> and there's that ridiculous, it's a boiler. It's an oh, ideal oh, heating right. boiler. And I can't she, believe it's still that's going. That's genuinely boiler. her favourite thing that's ever been. At a, it's like, he's dressed as a boiler. That's ridiculous. It's not like an animal. What are they? The baggies? Why is he a boiler? <laughs> Literally the whole game. I've never seen her so engaged. She's normally there on her phone or reading a book or whatever, just coming along for the ride and the dinner afterwards or whatever. But yeah, the West Brom boiler was, if you want mascot chat, there you go. That's so great funny. Mascot. I love that mascot. Um, Kevin Nagel, if you listen, have some ideas. But uh, we are approaching our half time here, so we're going to chat more about mascots. But um, yeah, if you uh, are heading down to the game on Saturday, don't forget you can uh, get your beers at Magic Rock. But if you can't wait until then, why don't you head online to magicrockbrewing.com, use our code AHTTT10, and you'll get ten percent off all online orders. Um, yeah, we'll. It'll be just Tom and I after the break, because. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about Huddersfield and what Tom thinks about Darren Moore. So we will see you then. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. 
They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Cool. So we are back from the break, but we are Benjamin Bloomless. But not to worry, because me and Tom, it's like the old days, mate. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Huddersfield Town. So, a uh, best place to start, really, ahead of this Ipswich preview pod, we wanted to know now that the dust has settled, what do you make of Darren Moore's appointment? So we did a little poll on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, to see what people thought. Um, so the results are in, and fifty four point nine percent were happy with it. Uh, 32.9% said it's all right. Uh, 11.5% said I should have stuck with Neil. And uh, 0.7% was other. Uh, so some people, I'm just going to read out some of the comments here. HTAFC Stato said, I think you can be happy with Darren Moore, but at the same time, think we should have stuck with Neil. Jay Bentley said, I'm happy. Some fans have complained about the boom or bust nature of the last 15 or so years. And Darren Moore is the opposite of that. He's less of a gamble, and hopefully he's here for the long term to build something sustainable. But as great as it is to hear from our lovely listeners, and do keep those questions coming in, I want to hear about a man who was not here last week while this was all kicking off. It's Mr. Tom Bradshaw. Tom, what do you think of the appointment? Um, I don't know, Brady. Um, it's, a, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think if Darren Moore's appointed in the summer... Then I'm 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 probably pretty happy with it, and I think oh, that's a that is a good appointment. But when he's appointed after we all thought we were going to have Neil Warnock for at least till Christmas, and by the sounds of it, those two wanted to stick around for as long as they could. I don't know, like I, I just, that's that's. It's not the disappointment of the appointment of Moore. It's the uh, maybe it's the disappointment that Warnock and Jepson wanted to stay on, and does feel like those two were a sure thing of us staying in the division this year, and potentially just having a really boring mid-table finish season. Whereas now. You're asking a lot of a guy who hasn't brought in any players of his own to now come in till Christmas and surely the target is stay out of the relegation zone. Um, but that that is a massive ask for a team that we've we've already said all this season so far isn't isn't strong enough, it hasn't got enough depth. And I do just worry for him in the sense that if if we pick up a couple of injuries in the next couple of months, it's going to be really difficult to get anything out of this team. Um, I mean, he, he kind of did it at Doncaster, didn't he? I don't think Doncaster was the best squad um, and he did a really good job there. But I do think at like West Brom and especially Wednesday last season in, the, in League One, in comparison to where they both were in the league, they were very good squads. I mean, did pretty well. I mean, got Wednesday up. West Brom, there's a there's a few comments about his uh, tactics and and how he went about games, but I guess that was that was really early in his in his career. Um, so uh, it's a it's a really difficult question, Brady. I'm I am I really like the guy. But it's the risk 
I just think it's a big risk when you add Warnock and Jepsen. Yeah, no, I think uh, you're entitled to your opinion, obviously. Um, but I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't put a bit of a, you know, a, a different alternative view on it, which is, um, you know, if we believe what the club are to say in terms of long-term appointments and supporting him, do you think, you know, I'm not saying who's better, Darren Moore or, or Neil Warnock, and I agree with you, the timing's wrong, but if they back him in January and do give him some players, um, does that make a difference for you if we see that? You know, obviously you've, we've talked pretty much every week about the, the weakness in the squad. Does that change things for you if he is supported in January? Oh, if they back him, I mean... So it's funny because I, I I might have sounded a bit negative then, but like I like I think he's a good manager, but it's just it's literally like <laughs> the the ghost of Warnock will always be kind of hanging on his back and the club. Now, if the club haven't got this right, like that is the first thing the fans are going to go to, is well Warnock and Jepson wanted to stay and you decided to make the move which you can't you you kind of got to commend them for for having a plan and saying this is our guy and going for it and um, maybe i'm being a bit too conservative here with my uh, not taking risks and stuff but um yeah if they do i'd love to see him give him back him in january but january also is always a, a really hard time to bring anyone in especially if you are either pushing for promotion or uh, fighting off relegation because teams just put that extra price up, don't they? Because they know you're desperate. So, I mean, it's also going to be a really good uh, um, kind of view for us to see if if this new regime will put the, the kind of money where the mouth is and stuff and if, if they will back him because I'm sure he wouldn't have taken the job if uh, he didn't know he was going to be able to bring in at least a, a couple, three or four of his own style players and people that he knows potentially that he's, uh, he's had in the past into the club. So I suppose my final question to you then is like based on what you're saying, it's, you would have stuck with Neil and Ronnie then. Is that the main problem? You think the timing's a bit odd? If, if I was Kevin Nagel, if I was in charge of the Huddersfield Town, yeah, I would have, um, I'd have had him till the end of the season. But that's just my kind of uh, maybe worry of. I just don't want us to be in another crappy relegation fight this season. I, I wanted a, a year of not worrying about it. And Darren Moore might bring that, Brady. Darren Moore might bring that. But I think the big word there is might, and I, I just kind of think. Uh, Warnock and Jepson were on to a bit of a role now and you could really see the team kind of coming together under the plan and ideas of, of what he had and he was starting to like give the likes of Harrit and Hudlin a, a shot and they were starting to shine. I mean, fair play to Maury brought them both on last night uh, against Coventry. So uh, hopefully that's a sign of things to come. And But yeah, um, maybe I'm just being really cautious with my views on this appointment, Brady and I, I'd have stuck with them for the whole season if they wanted to stay. And by the sound of it, they did. Hmm. Well, yeah, listeners might feel like I'm not uh, saying, but if you do want to know what I think, it's probably a good time to plug this. Matt and I did a special episode 
about uh, a deep dive into Darren Moore. Um, I'd recommend you listen to it because you don't have to hear from me half the time. It's mostly interviews with other people who are fans of the teams he managed and uh, Dom House. And, and most of all, there's an excellent song from Adam Jarrell. I think that's the best feedback we've got about it. So probably worth <laughs> listening to it just for that. Um, we'll come on to to this game then, Tom. Um, Ipswich, decent start to the season. We kind of touched on it earlier at the start. Um, are you are you worried about this one? Because I am. <laughs> yeah, kind of like what we've, we've touched on earlier. I mean, they're, they're in such good form, aren't they? It's, it's going to be such a difficult game. Um, I mean, they've just been so good this season. Um, I just, it's... It's a, it's kind of, it's like, it's like Warnock got over that hump of <laughs> playing all those really good teams, and then you had this this run that you thought were all right, and now we've got another manager in who's got to come up against probably the one of the most informed teams in in the league, if not the whole of uh, English football at the moment. Um, so I, I guess the the positive we've got is it's at our place, and. Um, Hopefully, new manager. I always think town fans are quite good in that first home game when it's a new guy in the dugout and get behind him really well. And and I feel like we can be quite patient with um, with with new styles and stuff. Um, as long as there's something to see there, if you can see it happening on the pitch, then then town fans seem pretty patient with that kind of thing. So tough game, Brady. I don't know what you're thinking about it. Well, it's funny, I did uh, a thing for one of the Ipswich pods, which if you follow me, you'll probably see on my timeline. I I think if we have Darren Moore, I think if we have Neil Warnock in charge, uh, I just I just think they're a really good team. And people, you know, who don't really follow what they're up to. Um, I mean, you know, you only have to look at the table and the start they've had. They've lost one game and they've won the other seven. Um, they're really building something. And I, I think ultimately ultimately they're just a bit further along in the journey than the journey that Huddersfield are, are talking about. So uh, we'll come on to the to the match predictions actually, Tom, and, and how we change it. But I, I see a defeat here if we had Neil, if we had um, even if we have Darren, who's, who is going to be in the dugout. I just I just think they'll have too much for us. I, I think the problem, problem you've got really is Ipswich have scored a lot of goals of the joint top scorers, as we said earlier on in the pod. And I just think, you know, it's funny because we actually scored, we've scored, you know, two goals or more. But I just think if they score two, I, I just, I just don't mm. see us winning the game. Um, but yeah, w- would you do anything differently to to the Coventry game? Any, any changes or? Um, I'd make sure I'd tell the lads what I told them at halftime at the start of the game uh, <laughs> because I don't know if that was them not getting their heads around his new system, which I don't think is too far off what we've seen Warnock do sometimes in games, especially when he's gone free at the back. Um, just getting it wide, man. It's just, it works so well. Keep it out the middle. If you know you're playing a team that, that dominate the middle, I think that was what changed against Coventry the other night. It was like we, when we start to get it out wide um, into those positions where you were keeping it out of where it was just messy and I, I don't think we we won those battles in the middle. I think Ben Wiles really struggled in there kind of thing. Um, it, it, 
it was it was kind of mad that we had three strikers on at once, but in a way, <laughs> it really works. I don't know if you bring that into the game earlier, especially if it's if you've kept it nil nil for I don't know sixty minutes, you go for it because I think that kind of threw commentary off even more. For um, they look, they looked a bit panicky when Hudlin came on, which was really good to see. I did at points they didn't know what to do with him. I think. Um, so I, I don't think I'd start like Hudlin or Harrett for Eddie, but I think they're definitely really good kind of impacts, especially if, if that game's tight. So I think as long as we keep it tight, I think we gave Coventry way too many chances early on in that game. Like I'd say first half, they absolutely dominated it. I don't, they didn't really have loads of chances where I thought they should be scoring, but they had, they had way too many corners for my liking and um, just gave the ball away really easily. Um, so keep it tight, keep it wide, get into half time. Uh, you, I mean, one nil down wasn't bad really the other day. I think as long as as long as it's not two or three, um, I think you've always got a chance. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Brady. What do you think? Well, let's let's talk about our match predictions. Um, so uh, Benjamin will have posted his afterwards. Um, I'm sure that's the only. Match prediction listeners will be bothered about because you know, talking about. Um, yeah, like I say, I, I just I think we're going to lose this, unfortunately. Um, as much as I don't want to admit it, and I don't think there's any shame in that. And if you want to, you know, as we always, as Neil Warnock used to say, take the positives out of that. I think it'll probably be something that Darren Moore learns more about the squad because, like, like we said before that Coventry game, he had one training session. So, like, what does he really know about the squad? And it's going to take him a little bit of time. So, <clears throat> I think they'll. I think Ipswich will win two one, um, and I think that's not that's not that bad because I've got to be honest. I don't, I don't think Neil would win this if he was here. I, we'll never know. But I just I don't I don't think we're going to get a result here, unfortunately. And I think um, again, like we said a lot last season when we were at Duma, it's about the manner of the defeat. I think if we give yeah. it out of ourselves, I think people. You know, obviously, you never like to lose, but you'd probably be like, oh, yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, I'm going 2 1. I think Jack Rodone is going to score it. I just think he's, uh, I know we've <laughs> got he's, he's a little bit of a run. Um, and yeah. he's getting into positions. So, yeah, I, I expect him to, to score. What about you, Tom? Um, yeah, I think, I think you probably, the, if I'm being a realist, it's probably going to be a loss, isn't it? But, um, I don't know. New manager bounce. Maybe new manager bounce will actually kick in for us for once in in our lives, and then um, we'll see town get a win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be confident, Brady, and say um, we'll nick a nick a one nil maybe. Oh, go on then, Tom. Who's getting the Who's getting the winner? Um, let's go for uh, Berzog. Oh. Uh, strike from Delano. Uh, yeah, um, it's going to be a very tough game, isn't it? But I think, um, I mean, like like we were saying, as if if we see something like that first half against Coventry, I didn't see anything. I didn't, I didn't see a system. I didn't see how he was asking the players to play. But that second half, I was like, right, this is it. This is this is how we're going to play. I can I can deal with this kind of thing. I like it. Use the flanks, attack down wide, get balls into the box. I mean, Sauber Thomas were great when he came on one year as well. Mm, so, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, 1-0, come on. Let's have a let's have a nice start to the, the more rain. 
I will certainly be wanting more. Right, we'll move on from my terrible puns because it's time <laughs> to end this podcast. So thanks to Benjamin Bloom for joining us earlier. Thanks to Tom and thanks to you, listener, you, of course, for tuning in. Tom and I will be back to preview the next Saturday game. So in the meantime, don't forget to check our other pods. Uh, we've still got that Darren Moore pod that we mentioned earlier. Well worth a listen if you haven't done so already. And yeah, let's hope for a, a positive result against Ipswich Town this Saturday. To tough now and up the town. So town play on. Bring the car back to TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.